Hi everybody, I'm Tahrim. And I'm Mara. And I'm Yara. Welcome back to Speak. This podcast aims to address the needs of our community by breaking down social barriers through education, activism, and advocacy. We hope that this discussion inspires you to continue these conversations both in the space and beyond. Change is an act, a resource, and a guide to not only bettering ourselves, but our community as well. Today's topic is the world of the girl, where we will be discussing how we define girlhood, things we teach girls, how it translates into opportunity, and how they're able to pursue as they grow up. From the core values that girls should have to the way they present themselves to the world, there's a certain blueprint that we are made to follow, and the consequence of rejecting the status quo is the loss of your title as a girl. Anyone who does not fit the traditional mold of femininity is not afforded the luxuries of modern girlhood. These people are not looked at as worth of, worthy of protection, worthy of value, or worthy of opportunities. And it's time that we change that by really getting to the root of the problem. There's this physical aspect of this blueprint, like in wearing dresses, getting your nails done, your hair, all of that makeup stuff. And it just like kind of makes us take pride in our appearance and it kind of reduces us down to that. And so there's this personality aspect to that as well though, like how we carry ourselves, how we present ourselves. We have to be humble and it all kind of reduces us to kind of be more seen instead of being heard. And that is a real challenging barrier for a lot of girls to overcome. So we want to first look at how we teach girls to be girls through the process of socialization. Essentially, it's the process of internalizing the norms and ideologies of society. When we look at gender roles socialization in particular, we see that right from birth, we are taught the attitudes and behaviors that society defines as appropriate for our respective genders. So it's really important to take a deep dive into the educational aspect of it. Okay, so now I, it's a really interesting conversation here because you said that it was right from childhood, like as we are brought into the home, and we see so much of it, and it's very normalized. We learn about this when we were younger, right? It goes from our household, and then when you expand from that, there's social media that influences us too. Social media is so huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's there's like, like taking over us. Yeah, and there's like little bubbles, but in every bubble, there's always a couple people who turn the vibe around and make it more... Um, not male dominated, but um, very misogynistic. Just, yeah, exactly. Very, it has very misogynistic undertones. We see this on a very popular platform, uh, TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> yes. Um, I. Uh, yeah. There's this one TikTok I saw, and this was a, like a couple of years ago. But there's so many that I've seen till now. Um, there was this person who um, was making a TikTok, and they were like, "Oh." This is how I turn my girlfriend on, and it's a video wow. of them turning on the like the washing machine, like the laundry washing wow. machine, and everyone was like like joking and making fun of that, like oh my god, that's so funny, like all that. There's some people who would like like um, try to stand up and say like oh that's not funny, yeah, that's not funny. And then when they do, um, the other comments were like you're taking this too seriously. It was just a joke, but is it just a joke? But why <laughs> is, is it, it funny in the first place? It's a very tasteless joke. Yeah, it's not like super smart i know it's not witty it's not yeah and i feel like even though they say it's just a joke we see it like we see it so publicly Mm -hmm. broadcasted like we see it happening in the real world not that specific example but we see like common themes so 
when objectifying women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We see it. We see men objectifying women. We see them being um, neglected. We see them not as um, as superior. We see like men. They think that they're more superior than women, and that's it's, obviously it's also not just them. like some men. It's also some institutions like schools with uh, dress codes. There's like heavy dress codes for girls versus yeah, and um, that doesn't make any sense to me. Leniency towards guys. Like, guys are fine wearing tank tops, but if a girl wears like a spaghetti strap or like something that's not worth like three fingers or two fingers, yeah. there is some sort yeah, of rule out there. Any no matter what, yeah. So it's very common there too, but like. Aside from the dress code, it's also more subtle in the classroom. Yeah. And this is very, very prevalent in all academic disciplines, I would say. There's, there's something there. And that makes it really, really difficult because that also plays a big role in what a safe space is. Mm -hmm. And I know that safe spaces might be, you know, your version of a safe space is specific to your needs and my version of a safe space is specific to my needs but when there is this big point that's kind of derailing it it makes it a unsafe space for everyone speaking of unsafe uh, unsafe spaces like there's a lot of girls who don't want to go into stem because they're scared of the space they're in because mm -hmm. it's typically male dominated like yes yeah. there are studies that and it's proven that it's increasing but there's still that um what's the word um setback in a way like there, when you walk into the classroom you can not a vibe like, you know like when you yeah. what's the word you see you see people that don't exactly look like you that might so be that getting more resources you. that discourages you and then you kind of think back you're like is this the right decision for me so i feel like that is an important or a, like a negative factor in our society today. I feel like if more girls start thinking about this and then they start saying, okay, we can't do it. As that increases, that influences more generations and then basically we just see a male dominated society. It just keeps going on, yeah. And exactly. we see so much more men in the workforce. We don't see any women, we don't see- We're taking steps back. And yeah, steps exactly. Steps yeah. But actually, I'm really glad you brought the STEM thing because just this morning, we see a lot of stories on on social media and I saw this post that was this girl she goes to Penn State or I think she graduated I'm not too sure but she she was talking about how she writes really well and she turned it in a paper and she got flagged for plagiarism and she is in STEM and her class doesn't have a lot of women as um, and there's a very apparent you know just proportionality there and so she turns in this paper and it's amazing her prof likes her. She says, hey, what's going on? He says, there's no way you could write this because wow. it's so well written. She's like, I've always written super well. I have people to kind of back me up. He's like, no. And she's like, okay, what did I plagiarize? He's like, he, couldn't, he ran it through a detector and he couldn't pinpoint it, but it was her. It was her that apparently plagiarized mm -hmm. because she wrote so well because apparently women can't write well. Yeah, yeah. And apparently that's very, very hard to believe sometimes, um, which is so discouraging. Mm -hmm. If anyone's ever wondered what it's like to be a woman in STEM, it's having a male professor accuse you of plagiarism with no evidence that you plagiarized. And the only evidence he has is that the scholarship of this project is well above the level of this class. One time I literally wrote a research paper for one of my classes and I submitted it. And then my professor emailed me and he was like, I can't accept this because it was plagiarized. 
And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I was like freaking out. I was like, did I not cite something correctly? Did I, like, what did I do? Cause I thought he would have like some sort of evidence that I plagiarized if he was gonna accuse me of plagiarism. So I emailed him back and I was like, what did I plagiarize? And he was basically just like, there's no way that you wrote this paper. Mind you, this is the very first time that I've ever had a research project for his class. So this is the first time that he's even seeing my writing. So I was like, did you put it in Turnitin? Cause that's like a software that checks for plagiarism that like most university professors use. And he was like, I'll do that now. And then he emailed me back like a couple hours later and was like, it came up as no plagiarism detected, but I can't rule out the fact that a graduate student could have like written this for you or somebody else could have written it for you. So at this point I was pissed because I was like, you have no evidence that I plagiarized that. And I literally didn't plagiarize it. I'm just good at writing. And you're accusing me of plagiarism on the grounds that it's simply not possible for me to have produced something of that level of scholarship. And like one thing that I have always been good at is writing research papers. Like I'm a very good writer and I grew up with my dad as a doctor who like always edited my papers and like I've always been writing at a very advanced level. And he was basically saying like, this looks like something that a graduate student would have written. And I was like, maybe I'm just smart. So like why, how come like when you grow up, why can't you just be a doctor? Why can't you just be this? And then when they do grow up and they actually see that this is good for them and that's what they want to do, they kind You're of get girls, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Girls, mm -hmm. they get kind of like covered by this, like um, there's normality that, oh, you know, when they grow up, they should just marry a guy that can do that, that can, for you. Yeah, that can do that mm -hmm. for you. Everyone's saying, you know, why, why are you studying to be a doctor? Just marry a doctor or just marry that. They they kind of like get um, discouraged, yeah, and then they actually go into that or path. When something of just, goes wrong when they're in that path. Mm -hmm. They're like, see, you should have done this. You should yeah, have gone exactly. into that path. And exactly. then they get discouraged even more, and then they go into that path eventually. And yeah. they get married really young as well, and that's not good because you know there's no stability there. Yeah, exactly. And like, it also really overlooks the potential um, that women have, and that's very also very invalidating. I know that to circle a little bit to plan, they had this campaign a little while ago, um, and like part of it was to, you know, have children unleash their full potential. And we see this abroad, but we also see this in our own communities. And this is one of the ways it plays out. Like sometimes it's resources, which I'm sure we can get into in a little bit, but other times it's also just the social environment that we're in. And it it holds us back and it creates all these barriers to kind of do the opposite of unleashing our potential and mm -hmm. really yeah no, speaking back. of like the social like environments i remember i have this friend who we were just talking and there was a guy um so my friend was like oh uh, i want to be a judge and this guy just laughed at her and he was like you <laughs> wow. can't like how good luck doing that and i'm like he was like what do you mean what's that supposed to mean and he didn't say anything but it was literally implied that mm -hmm. because she's a girl she can't do it. Um, she can't do it because she's emotional and all that stuff. So. And you know what the scariest part is? These people are in our communities. We're interacting with them. Mm -hmm. Like It's like you, you were supposed to support me doing this. So. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's so difficult when they, it's you would think that people around you are supportive of your ideas. Mm -hmm. And you try to embrace this change. But then, you, oh, then it's like they people like, are holding yeah. you back yeah, at the yeah. same time. Okay, now when we take a step further from outside the classroom, outside of an educational institution, 
you transition to the workplace mm-hmm. and femininity is a disadvantage oh, in the professional huge. world. Huge. And so this is a very big issue that's been since the beginning of time. So femininity is such a disadvantage in the workplace. You see there's so much emotional labor that goes in there. Overall, there's this power dynamic. And we always have to kind of prove ourselves worthy, have to go the extra mile. There aren't many opportunities and they don't take into consideration uh, what women may need in order to succeed. All these barriers that are systemic. Speaking of emotional labor, there's a bunch of, um, I don't know, you guys have probably heard this, but why don't you smile more? Oh my god. <laughs> like yes. during jobs or like, like, um, like uh, what's it called? Any job, really. It's most, mostly like if a woman doesn't smile. Like there's a story about a professor who told me that his professor friend, who's a woman, um, she had a really rough day and she went to class teaching and her students are like, why aren't you smiling? But this other, him, he went into class like another time and he wasn't smiling because he was, he was having a rough day. No one questioned anything. They were yeah. like, it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Women are always kind of, again, it reduces us down to being seen, not heard. Mm-hmm. So you expect women to smile. You expect them to appear a certain way. And it's really, and you know what? This is the funniest part because so many times we see this and it's like, oh, it's because you must be oppressed. Um, and there's so many forms of oppression out there. And, but it's not that, it's the way, it's because you're uncomfortable. And you're trying to make it seem like we are uncomfortable sometimes, but we're not. It's you that's uncomfortable. So you want to smile. You want us to present ourselves in a specific way. Exactly. A specific manner to cater to your needs. Yeah, there's like a specific image that we have to broadcast in front of the world. For them, exactly. Not for like ourselves. So I think that is like a negative factor because... You do get a lot of people approaching girls saying, why don't you smile more? How come you're, like, not happy? How, how come you're like that? But, like, why do you care so much? Is it for you? Is it for me? We don't know. So I think that's also an important factor to mention. Yeah, 100%. Right. So that was a really great discussion. It really yeah. shows that, like, talking with like-minded people, kind of surrounding yourself with people that have the same values as you and kind of pushing towards that change really does create that change, which is what we're all about. It's about speaking up about what's right and we can be the change. And so the people around you, it can really shift your mindset, truly. I know that we have probably been like, oh, it's really, really difficult, but there is a gradual shift. And that is what we're kind of aiming for with Speak. And this is kind of our big picture here. So I'm really glad we got to have this conversation. It was very productive, I think. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure there is some takeaway here, if not more than one, 100%. All right. So I also want to just close things off by just saying that, please note this topic is extremely, extremely nuanced and multifaceted. And so... We will continue to discuss this in different forms, different outlets, and we haven't covered a bunch of stuff just because of time constraint. Again, it's very, very broad. So I just want to say that this, I'm sure the conversation surely challenged some views, kind of the way we construct things, even in our head, the way we see things, and it really sure did make me more conscious at some point when we were discussing those examples of what we see. Mm -hmm. And so it really shows that those deeply ingrained ideas, you don't always recognize them, but they are there. And it's only when we speak 
we all we get to have that conversation challenge some of the ideas that we have surrounding gender normativity and we hope it did the same thing for you thank you for listening to our podcast speak visit www.championsofchangeutm.com or our instagrams at championsofchangeutm to keep up with all our different um, initiatives and events and even podcasts that we have going on and until next time remember to use your own voice <laughs>